This is important information. Ready, set, and begin. Who better to talk about the MLS in the Twin Cities than the head coach of your hometown United? All incredible things to look forward to. Now, courtesy of Heineken, this is the Adrian Heath Show. Quintero with a Minnesota goal! The Adrian Heath Show. Hosted by former player and now Loon sideline reporter Jamie Watson. Check this out. Hello, good evening. Welcome in to the Adrian Heath Show presented by Heineken on 1500 ESPN. Tonight we are coming to you live from downtown Minneapolis. O'Donovan's Irish Pub is the place to be tonight. 700 First Avenue North, downtown Minneapolis. Just a short walk from Target Field. The Twins have a game tonight, so there's plenty of Twins jerseys in the bar. Plenty of Minnesota United fans here as well. We were right across from First Avenue. This was a spot we came to last year. We had a great time. We had to come back here. And as always, I am joined by the head coach of Minnesota United, Adrian Heath. Adrian, how are you tonight? Good. Made it on time. <laughs> this time last year, we were just about coming through the door at this stage. But uh, obviously, we knew that the uh, the Twins were playing, so we were a bit bit better prepared, shall we say. You are, you are not exaggerating. I think I was welcoming in everyone to the show, and you were walking on stage as I was saying, Adrian, welcome into the show, literally yeah. and figuratively welcome in. Uh, so we, we made it here in time. We're all set up, great setup down here, one of the best bars uh, in downtown. We have a great time here. I think last year, I don't think we left for a couple hours afterwards. Uh-huh. So we had the Adrian Heath show, the PG family-friendly version from 6 to 7. And then after a few drinks here, it got uh, got to be the in-house show with few, everyone who stuck around. A few guineas. Fine, <laughs> yeah. A couple of Heidegans. Yeah. Nothing too bad, right? Yeah. Well, uh, this was a good week. Good week for Minnesota United. Coming off a big win. This was a matchup. Minnesota United played Portland Timbers last year, midsummer. I believe it was June 21st. And it was a 3-2 win at home. A very good performance for Minnesota United. This is the second time welcoming back to TCF Bank. And if, I guess history repeated itself. Yeah. Another 3-2 win for Minnesota United. Uh, a very big one at uh-huh. this point in the season. And I guess now as we're, what, 72 hours out from it, uh, you know, have you had time to digest it? What did you take away from the game? What did you uh, think most about? And, and what was kind of keeping you up at night, I guess? Because it wasn't a complete performance per se. No, I don't think it was complete, but I think that, 3-2 flatters them a little bit. I said, when, when I look back at the game, when you consider we could have conceivably been five or six up in, uh, by the break. And then even when they make it, to, uh, it goes to 3-1. And, and then Darwin has a great opportunity to make it 4-1. And then they go down and make it 3-2. And it was probably a little bit closer than we would have liked. But when I look at the overall way that we played, Jamie, it was probably... I think for about 45 minutes, as good as we played all season. Some of our attacking play, some of our combination play. Um, obviously, terrific to get Romario Ibarra, his first full probably start at home, and to get a couple of goals and a couple, couple more assists from Darwin. Seem to be saying that every week. But no, I was really pleased with the first half performance. You know, that most of the things that we, we'd been working on came uh, true for to fruition and uh, you know it was a really good 45 and tactically you actually made a change with Romario Abara you opted to start him up top at the number nine position the high position obviously Angelo Rodriguez started on the bench still recovering a little bit from an injury um, 
why did you make the decision with Romario? What did you see, I guess, from the week before when you drew at Salt Lake and actually conceivably almost did win right yeah. before the end of the game in Salt Lake? What did you see from him uh, in Salt Lake that gave you the confidence to start him against Portland up top? Well, it's accumulation of a couple of things. You just mentioned that, you know, uh, Angelo had got a problem with his, uh, with his uh, cough um, and that wasn't, uh, it wasn't 100% and he hadn't really t trained since um, we played in D.C., so we, we, we just thought that his extra speed through the middle would help us. And it, it certainly proved that, you know, obviously he had two incredible balls off Darwin, but uh, two really good finishes, timed runs, pulling off the back shoulder, all the stuff that, you know, I, I preach to strikers all the time about stop coming towards the ball, run away from the ball, and, and, and we'll get people to get you in there. And I, I thought they'd stretch the game an awful lot, and it, it, it enabled... Darwin to start to get in them little pockets of space in behind their midfield and once he does that you know he's a very dangerous customer we know his, his quality you know his final ball I think was, was that his 13th assist since he's been here he had uh, he had 10 coming in he had 10 and 10 coming in so the the first goal was right. his 11th right. second one was the 12th, 12th yeah. so he's he's now got 10 goals and 12 assists that's a pretty good return well you consider when he when he arrived you know and mid-april i think his first game was actually against portland he yeah. scored in that game first game yes. uh that was april 14th i believe you got a good memory um, <laughs> this is all kind of only my job. I only spend all week remembering those useless facts of when yeah. we played six so, months ago. <laughs> but he's he's done exceptional since he's been here, and you know we we always talk about you know scoring and making goals being the oddest thing in football, and he's done it uh, he's done it very very well since he's been here. And and I know that if we can continually get him the ball, then he will make things happen. So let's go through the first goal in particular. Uh, Fernando Bob yeah. plays a great ball over. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about Fernando Bob in just a little bit because he actually got um, into a little bit of trouble at the end of the game and got himself a red card. We'll talk about that in just a moment because I want to hear your thoughts on it um, without you figuring out a way to get fined by the league, please. <laughs> Can't afford it. Um, Bob plays this incredible ball over to Darwin Quintero, and then Darwin Quintero plays it across to Romario Barra, who taps it into an empty net. I said this on the broadcast, and I wanted to ask you this. I couldn't ask you this in the game amidst everything, but those three players, Fernando Bob, Darwin Quintero, Romario Barra, are all three players, three players that did not start the season on the roster yet were added throughout the season. Is that a glimpse into the future of what Minnesota United could be, those three players being involved in the buildup, in goals and in games and in wins for Minnesota United. Well, we hope so, don't we? <laughs> you know, it, I think the one thing is that all three have contributed since they've come here, and that's all you try and do. Each time that you there's a transfer window or there's an opportunity to bring extra players in, they have to be better than you think that what you've already got at the club, and they have to in, influence the team. And I think them three players in that one instance showed us what they can do. You know, Fernando Bob's always had a great range of passing. The time ball was exquisite. Great movement from Darwin coming in towards the ball and spinning off the back shoulder. And then having the foresight and, and, and unselfishly actually playing it across to uh, Romario because, you know, what strikers are like. I don't think you'd have been passing it. You might have it shot then. it too. I'm, I, I used to pass it a bit more than probably you did. So I know you'd have been shooting there. But no, it was, uh, it was a terrific bit of play. And uh, as you say, it was, it was hopefully something that we, we can, we'll see a lot more of moving forward. Adrian Heath recapping the 3-2 win over Portland Timbers here on ESPN 1500. 
Presented by Heineken tonight, we're live on location at O'Donovan's downtown, 700 First Avenue North. Adrian, as we get to the second goal, it's 1-0 in this game, kind of a crucial point. Minnesota United is able to get the second goal of the game in the 36th minute. Again, it's Romario Barra, but can you try to explain, I was trying to articulate this in the broadcast, just how difficult of a pass Darwin Quintero made into the, into the path of Romario Barra on turf after a turnover, trying to pick out the speed at which to play a ball, arguably one of the fastest guys in the league, yet he puts it inch perfect yeah. right into stride. How hard of a skill is that to do? Well, actually, some of the other stuff that pleased me as well for the goal because we were trying to get Rasmus Schuler to pinch in on that side to try and make an extra body in midfield, and it was him who actually blocked the first ball yeah. that went to Darwin. But then Darwin's, the movement is really good from Romario. But without the timing of that pass and the weight of pass, oh. because not only does, does he, he say to him, go and play this first time, he also puts it in an area that attracts the keeper. The keeper was in kind that no man's them, land. Yeah, exactly. them to come out. Can I you, get there? Can I not? Yeah, but the weight of the pass was everything because a little bit too firm, keeper probably gets it. Hey, not hard enough. And then Romario has to deal with it himself and then drag it himself. So it was, uh, it was a wonderful ball, but... Uh, I was so pleased because, you know, we, you know how much time I talk to strikers about stop coming towards the ball, pull away from the ball, make defenders turn and face their own goal. And that, you know, that's Romario's strength. I don't want to see him coming towards Darwin. I want to see him running away from Darwin. And it was perfectly timed run, beautiful time pass, and uh, a really good finish. That has to be one of your favorite type of goals. It's just that, that goal that in a nutshell right there. That makes it 2-0. And then just before halftime, Michael Boxel. Yeah, no, he took the net off. Making himself, <laughs> making a name for himself in the box now. Two goals on the season. I don't think he could have hit a soccer ball harder than he did on that goal. And Perfectly the, bouncing ball. And with his left foot as well. But he he's not he's normally standing foot. Technically but he, perfect. But it's gone in the middle of the goal. It's just the sheer pace he's beat the keeper. It's gone no. past the keeper before he's had a chance to move. No keeper is reacting fast no. enough to save that. Uh, makes it 3-0. So I'll ask you this. As we get to halftime... What changed what happened? Because all the good things that seemed to be happening in the first half, putting pressure, making them play faster than they really want to, uh, doing the things that got you the 3-0 lead at half, it seemed as though maybe the team wasn't applying as much pressure going forward. And I know for you that must have been driving you crazy on the sideline. Well, I, I said it in the broadcast at the weekend. There's not one player in that dressing room who hasn't been in that situation at some stage where you've been 3-0 up, cruising, and somehow you think, have we ended up drawing the game? Or have we ended up losing the game? And certain things happen. Lack of concentration, lack of, um, of, of not sticking to the game plan, conceding too much space, you know, getting people behind the ball and actually not doing anything. And we did all of that. It was a, some finish, by the way, to make it 3-1 from Alvis oh. Powell at the edge of the box. Talk about taking the net off. Yeah. We, if Boxel didn't do it, exactly. Powell sure, surely almost did. And goals change games. And once it gets to 3-1, with the quality that they have, the likes of Valeri, the likes of Blanco, and then they put Char on at half-time. And it, fair dues to Gio, they, they changed their shape a little bit, which then started to give us a few more problems. But overall, I thought we just conceded too much space and let them take the initiative. You know, and, and it was, as soon as they scored the first goal, I thought, this could be interesting now. And then, obviously, Darwin has the great chance to make it 4-1. Yeah. 
and we had two quick breakaways where we could have had, and the final ball would have been better. We'd have had more opportunities. But once it goes to 3-1, there's, there's another game on again because you know the next goal, either way, you know, it's... <laughs> As soon as when Valeri came on, I thought, here we go, they're going for it now. And they started to push more and more men forward, you know, started to take a few more chances, started to put more balls in our box. And the whole sort of dynamic of the game changed. Well, so Sebastian Blanco makes it 3-2 in the 79th minute. 89th minute, 3-2 up, bouncing ball. It bounces Diego Valeri and Fernando Bob. Kind of clash, Fernando Bob sticks his arm out to really feel where Diego Valeri is. Comes up a bit on him, catches him on the the underside of the chin, and mm -hmm. he gets a straight red. What are your thoughts on that? The way the game had been officiated and called up into that point, do you think that was conducive with how the game had been called, or do you think that was a bit of a... I thought it was a poor decision. It's the best way of describing it. Okay. I, thought, I thought it was a poor decision. Um, I don't think the referee had his finest night. And normally Dave Gantar is, a, is one of the better officials. That night seemed as though yeah, he, inconsistent he, at times. He, he, didn't, he didn't have his best evening. That's, I, I think I would rather leave it at that. Okay. I don't think that Fernando Bob swung his arm, arm around at his face to make contact. I think he's trying to protect his own space. And we all do it. We all put our hands up to get, give us some more, a little bit more balance and maybe give us a little bit more... Of a feel where the defender exactly. is. Exactly. You know, so... We were disappointed. We've appealed it. We should know by tomorrow whether we... Is that right? Okay, so we, there is an appeal we, on it tomorrow. We, we, have, a, we have appealed the decision um, because, hey, bottom line is we can ill afford being without Fernando and Maxi, which we will be if the, uh, if the red card's upheld. Okay, so with that, um, how does that process work? When, how many do you get on a season? Have you used one already this season? Is this the last one? No, we're allowed a couple, and um, we hadn't used one all season, but we, we felt, you know, we, we felt justifiable in, in actually putting a, a, a complaint into the league, asking if they would overturn the red card, and we should know by tomorrow. Um, we, we feel as though we've got a, a very uh, viable case. You know, I don't think that he, he maliciously w went with intent, which is what the rule says. So, you know, we'll see. But, nope. hey. Sometimes you, uh, you win these, sometimes you don't. All right. Well, that's, that's a great first segment, recapping the win, just mm -hmm. like that. One segment in the book. This is actually our last show of the year. So we appreciate everyone that's been listening so far. It's been great getting to share the first segment here down on O'Donovan, 700 First Avenue North, downtown Minneapolis. Um, Adrian, three more segments to go on the season. Yep. You up for it? It's only going to get better and better from here. Let's hope so. All right. Well, stick around. There's still plenty more to come. We're at O'Donovan's downtown Minneapolis. He's Adrian Heath. I'm Jamie Watson. This is the Adrian Heath Show presented by Heineken right here on 1500 ESPN. We now continue with more of the Adrian Heath Show on 1500 ESPN presented by Heineken. We've got the whole team here at O'Donovan, 700 First Avenue North for our final show this season of the Adrian Heath Show. Hopefully... In the next three segments, you don't say anything that gets us canceled for, for next year. For next year, yeah. can you pull it together for that? I think so. Okay, I think we're going to be fine. We'll see. Because at the, the end, this will start after. <laughs> at the end of the uh, at the end of the segment, we're going to have a fun little game, and that's the one I worry about. But for now, we'll take a little bit of a, of a serious note to this, and and some breaking news in MLS today: uh, the Vancouver Whitecaps, who, uh -huh. by the way, are still in the midst of mm. this playoff push sitting four points out right now 
of a playoff spot. And they play the Galaxy this weekend. With a massive game against the Galaxy, decide today to part ways with their head coach, Carl Robinson, and also um, their assistant coaches as well, guys that you know very well. Yep. Uh, Stuart Kerr is out, and Marty Pert. Martin Pert is out as well. So you've been in this unfortunate spot before in this situation, being let go midseason. Mm-hmm. Um, so one, if you could imagine what Carl Robinson is feeling or thinking at this moment, um, what would that be like? What is it like being in that spot? And also, too, why now if you're Vancouver? I don't know. That's that, It's a really strange one, this one. And uh, obviously, I, I'm so really disappointed. Good friend of mine, Robbo. I really like him a lot. Good guy. I think he's done a really good job at Vancouver. They've been in and around the playoffs. I think they've qualified nearly every year he's been there. Just about, yeah. Um, and I know he's popular with his players. I know his staff, a really good bunch of staff. And it just seems strange timing, Jamie. You know, they, they, they win it this weekend when they go to the Galaxy. I think they're virtually in the playoffs, aren't they? Or, the, or maybe one point out. So maybe there's some stuff going on that we're probably not aware of internally. Um, I know that when we played there a few weeks ago, um, it, it wasn't the, the normal environment. It just felt a little bit different. And um, obviously they've decided to do this now with thinking that that might give them a little bit of a stimulus with to get a new body, a new face in there, to, to, to give them a little pick-me-up between now and the end of the season. But it seems, it seems a strange one. Um, but it's never nice. You know, I, I always think about the family. Because as a, as, a, as a coach, you know that it's coming. Occupational hazard, as I always call it. You know it's going to happen at some stage. The big one is that people always forget about your wife and, and your kids. Kids are at school and you know what kids can be like. It's not, it can be a bit cruel at times. So I always feel for the families because um, you know, we, we, we always understand that this is what's going to come at some stage. And, but I think this is one of them that Robbo might have been a little bit surprised. Because if you look where they are in the league table, in the standings, you wouldn't think that this was a club that might be, want to change the coach. Academy technical director Craig Darlimple will be acting as head coach going forward, I imagine, through the end of the season where they will most likely have a comprehensive search. Bob Linarduzzi, Whitecaps president, saying in a statement today, uh, thank you. We have a lot of respect and appreciation for Carl and his team and are thankful for their contributions they have made to this club. Very standard. Doesn't say much within that, but no. it'll be interesting to hear how but this kind of plays out. The, the other thing is, and you have to say this, I think Robbo's had, is it five years? Five years there, you know, that in, in the modern era now, that's... That's, that's a long time. Going. It's good going, you know, and I think that if, you, if, if, if you're at a club for that length of time, you know, you, uh, I think you've done well to see it out. I really do. Well, you talked about where they were in the standings, and as we talk, getting closer to the Supporters' Shield right now in the Eastern Conference, Atlanta and New York both have clinched playoff spots. Atlanta sitting in first of the Supporters' Shield, 63 points on the season, averaging 2.1 points per game. (laughs) Whereabouts, we say two points pretty much wins you any league in the world. They are the only team in MLS that are averaging above two points a game. No one from the West is clinched. The West is still... A tight bunch, especially in and around the fourth, sitting at 47 points. Portland Timbers on down to eighth place, which is at 40. Minnesota United at 33 points. Mm -hmm. Still with a run, can make it there or thereabouts to the end of the season. So, Supporters' Shield, Atlanta seems to be running away with it at the moment. Huge game at the weekend. They, They go to the Red Bulls this weekend. 
And Red Bull's uh, four points behind, I believe. Is that what it is? Four points behind, 63 points for Atlanta, 59 for New York. Yeah. Who do you think wins that game? Brad, keep in mind, Bradley Wright Phillips suspended for the game. Well, that's a huge, huge advantage for Atlanta. I, I, they are very difficult to play against at the Red Bull Arena. You know, they play the high press. They get the ball forward very early. But the catalyst to everything they do is Bradley Wright Phillips. You know, if, if we would be saying exactly the same if it was Joseph Martinez wouldn't be available Certainly. for Atlanta. Yep. So I, I would think that would give a slight advantage to Atlanta. And certainly um, on the road, the way that the, the Rebels try and press on the counterattack, they're going to leave themselves very, very susceptible to the pace of Vialba, Almiron and Martinez. So I think they would take a draw now, uh, Atlanta. And that would probably, I think, would see them home because I think they've probably been the best team this year and, and certainly one of the better teams in the league. Great to watch, great going forward. And as you said, averaging two points a game, that normally wins you the title in any, in any division. And keep this that and mind. The, and the, I think the highest goal scorers as well, aren't they? Yeah, they've got, the, yeah. They've got 65 goals, four on the season. The, uh, the big stat for me here, Atlanta 10-3-2 the season on the road. That's the most wins on the road out of any team in MLS. New York Red Bulls 12-2-1 at home. Yeah. That's the most home wins out of any team in MLS. So you've got the best road team versus the best home team. That'll be an exciting matchup. And that's actually, as you look kind of at, at teams at home, New York, clear, clear runaway favorites, 12 bet uh, for best team at home, 12 wins. But then you look at the likes of New York City FC, Columbus Crew, they're on 10 wins. Portland, Real Salt Lake have 10 wins at home. Then you get to that next bunch of the kind of top-tier yeah. teams at home. FC Dallas has nine wins at home. Sporting Kansas City, nine wins at home. Atlanta United, nine wins at home. Montreal, nine wins at home. Minnesota. Last team with nine wins on, yeah. on the season at home, Minnesota yeah. United. Yeah, so our own form has been terrific. And even the couple of defeats, Jamie, you remember the Dallas game? I think we had 19 shots on the night. And they we had one. They just kind of yeah, far and away, the corner. Far and yeah. away with a better team that night. The game against... Um, uh, Seattle Seattle winning you know, going into stoppage time yeah. going into stoppage time still leading 1-0 so you know we've had a couple of the couple of the defeats actually should still be wins because we we certainly played well enough on the night hey we all know what the problem's been we haven't done well enough on the road something that we've spoke about I think the last few weeks we have been better um, but certainly you know we, we, we're going to take this till the very end I, I, the one thing I've said to the players is we've still got so much to play for between now and the end of the season if you know individually people have got things to play for collectively we've certainly got an obligation to try and take it to the last game of the season if we can and if we do we will have give a good account of ourselves but uh, we, we as we move forward our away form is something that we we have to address and have to you know make sure that we don't go through this again Another big one at home this weekend against New York City FC, Saturday, September 29th. You can find that game on Fox Sports, Fox Sports North Plus or get the call right here on 1500 ESPN. Brian Pyatt has the pregame. Dan Terhar will have the call during the game here with Adrian Heath at O'Donovan's downtown Minneapolis for the final Adrian Heath show of 2018. Uh, 700 First Avenue North downtown. It's a great spot. People getting ready for the Twins game down here. We got some people in here wanting to see Adrian Heath live and in person. It's great to see. We appreciate everyone coming out. Adrian, this is where I want to switch over to the part where I was worried that you may get us kicked off for 2019 and never invited back to O'Donovan's. This lovely, lovely bar. Um, proper boozer, as you would call it, which proper is the highest, highest form of compliment for an, yeah. from an Englishman. We're going to go to one of my favorite games that we play here. 
word association where I'm going to say a name, you're going to say the first thought that comes to mind, but we're limiting it to guys that were midseason additions that weren't on the team at the start of the season. They got added at some point after the first game of the season. So I'm going to say the player's name, and you are going to give me the first word or a couple of words about the person and better not be a boring answer because this is the final final show. So if we are going to cancel, make it good. Yeah. You up for it? Go on. Here we go. First up, Woodbury native, Eric Miller. It only works if you're quick. Coleman-esque. Coleman-esque? Yeah. Please tell me what that means. No, I'm, I'm thinking he reminds me. Of, I know he's the part of the family now. He's, yeah. he's, he's marrying Brett's Brent Brent sister. sister. Yeah, but they're like two peas in the same pod. I think of Brent when I think of Eric. Exactly the same type of guy. Is that just something out in Woodbury that, that makes sense? It must be. If I'm there long enough, I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll end up finding yeah. out. Yeah. All right. We'll go Alexi Gomez. Extrovert. Extrovert? Yeah. How so? In what fashion? I just think the way he is, the way he dresses, the way he, his persona, he's full of life every day. He comes in. He's, uh, he's good to have around. He's good around, but he's... He's got, a, he's got a different sense of humor, and, but he's, uh, he adds something to our dressing room, certainly. You, you say extrovert. The kids today, they'd say he's extra. Is that what it is? Is that, is that what it is? I think that's, oh, I think that's oh, what they'd it? say. I think they would say that his outfits are, are rather lit, if you will. Is that what they are? I I'm, think so. I'm, I'm glad I'm old, then. <laughs> All right. We talked about him earlier in the show. Fernando Bob. You're getting some opinions from the crowd here. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. You don't know yet? No. I what don't do you think know. of Bob? But what do I think of him? I just think he's an excellent footballer and somebody I've been trying to get for four years. <laughs> so what have you thought since you, since you finally got your man after four years? What's well, he, he been like? He's everything what we thought he was going to be. Um, I think he showed that. So he certainly gave us some. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no. We know he's great. We know he's good at he's soccer. Good, give me some something solid. away from soccer. He's very solid. and uh, No, he's very quiet. Very quiet. He's just like bring your lunch pail yeah, to work every yeah. day. He's very, very unreserved. Very reserved. Like sticks to the like yeah, yeah. corporate number of Comes breaks in. you can take. Yeah, ten o'clock. He's in there. He's gone by twelve thirty, <laughs> one o'clock. You know, he's yeah, he's he's, he's done terrific. Very workmanlike. Yeah. All right, uh, Romario Obara. What's the Romario Obara like? Oh my God, his gear is so bad. <laughs> Meaning his clothes. Yeah. You th- you mean his clothes are the worst? It, re- it reminds me of something from the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> he had a tracksuit on the other day. There was something like it was a Starsky and Hutch from the from the seventies, you know. But he's uh, he's he's very extroverted with his clothes. All right, yeah. so <laughs> terrible gear. Yeah. All right, the guy who looks like somebody you don't want to see in a dark alley uh, late at night, Angelo Rodriguez. Powerful. Yeah. Big, strong, powerful guy. Trains. But what about away from soccer? Quiet. Really? Like, yeah, quiet guy. For, and he's so nice, too, by yeah. the way, for as scary as he looks. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's... Uh, and obviously, for these guys as well, we, it's a little bit difficult for them because they're all in the... They've only just arrived here, and their English is not so good, so they're very quiet. They don't want to make mistakes, and, you know, but... Uh, no, but the first thing I always think when I look at Angelo is how powerful he is. Yeah, he's a beast of a human. Yeah. And last one, we all want to know, the sensation, Darwin Quintero. What's Smiler. The Smiler? Yeah, yeah. Always, always. always every day. It's, it's, well, wouldn't you be in a good mood if you were... He's a, he's a coach's dream because he comes in every single day with a smile on his face, wanting to work, wanting to train, infectious 
personality, enthusiasm, all the things that I like in players. You know that. I used to say to you all the time, what do you bring to the team every day? And Darwin's like that. He brings a, a real infectious enthusiasm to the group. That guy can't do anything wrong, can he? Darwin can tell. He's, he's okay. All right. But he plays with a smile on his face. Yeah, well, I would, I'd be happy, too, if I was that good at soccer. So that would, <laughs> I would, I would probably That was why you were so miserable. <laughs> That's why, as a player, I was never <laughs> smiling. All right, well, Adrian, you managed to, uh, to keep that, that PG-13. Yeah. Thanks for that. Heineken appreciates that. O'Donovan's appreciate, O'Donovan appreciates that. And, uh, and so does everybody at 1500 ESPN. Thank you for that. Um, well, stick around. We're halfway there. Yep. Halfway home to the final episode. Get, getting busier. Of the Adrian Heath Show for 2018. We are down at O'Donovan, 700 First Avenue North. Please come join us. We've got our wonderful 1500 ESPN promotions team here with a ton of giveaways. Free. Come stop by. Say hello. we got two more to go. Halfway there. We're on the downward swing of the there last show. So on please the, stick around. On the way home. We're almost home. We're getting there. Yeah. Adrian. Thanks so much for being here. We're having a great time. Please come join us. Stick around. Still plenty more to come when we come back right here on the Adrian Heath Show presented by Heineken on 1500 ESPN. This is the Adrian Heath Show presented by Heineken on 1500 ESPN. Welcome back to the Adrian Heath Show. Tonight we're coming to you live from O'Donovan's Irish Pub, downtown Minneapolis, 700 First Avenue North. Tons of free giveaways here with the 1500 ESPN promotions team. Adrian, last episode of the year. You're one for one. You've got to know this one again. This is also your era. Yeah, but it's, I'm not. I'm not huge. It's it's easy top. That's that is a half credit. But I'm I'm still after that. You're you're not. I'm not going to let you get to the part where it's going to say the name of the song. I know my dad, all the way back in Coppell, Texas, is screaming at. The radio. radio. St. Adrian. ZZ Top. ZZ Top? No, I don't know. Flying High. Is that what it was? Flying Uh, High. They've got that unmistakable riff when they're playing the guitars. You know it's them, but... And the beards and everything. The look, iconic. Those guys could never, ever change their look. Because if they did and they came out on stage, everyone would go, well, who's that? Yeah, I can't imagine him doing a big advert for Gillette. Can you? (laughs) No, I don't think they could. I think Gillette could act the brink struck up to him and they would say thanks, but no thanks. Well, Adrian, we are in our final show, and I think it's only fitting now as we kind of wrap the show and we're wrapping this this season up. I know there's still several games left, five games left for Minnesota United. Um, we still have a little bit of wrapping up to do here tonight, and I kind of want to look back at this season and find some moments throughout the year when you look back and, and when the, the 2018 season chapter closes – there's going to be some, some highs and some lows. And uh-huh. We don't know how it's going to end. The, the final couple pages of that chapter hasn't been written yet. But to date, so far, when you look back at the season, what was your favorite spell throughout the 2018 season? Um, well, I, we obviously had a great week when we, we won the three home games, didn't we? we won, All we, middle of the summer, that's right. Yeah, we had the Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday games culminating in beating the LAFC 5-1. I think we beat uh, the Revs 2-1 in the midweek, and I think we scored three against Salt Lake. Good memory. Yeah, there we go. So, so what was that? Five against LA, two yeah. against New England, three against Salt Lake. Ten. I can count. Ten goals in a week? Yeah. Do you need to borrow my fingers? Yeah. Ten, <laughs> ten, ten goals in a week, three really good performances. and um, So that, that was really, really – that was a highlight. I loved 
watching Darwin play against Toronto when he got his hat trick oh. and the two chips. He chipped the keeper. Well, that's got it. So that was going to be my next question: the best individual game of the season. Well, certainly his performance that day was something I've, I've been doing this a long time and I've not seen many better complete performances than that. You know, and, and, and to do what he did with the, with the third goal and he chipped the keeper again, having already done it before, and I thought was, uh, was incredible. And, and you couldn't actually place the ball any closer to the upper 90, as you say, here in America. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you. We're, we're yeah. learning you. You get a green, you get a green card. England would have gone the top corner. <laughs> yeah. Green card if you use more yeah, of those yeah. words. So, you know, that was good. Um, the, the away win in Orlando for obvious reasons for yeah, me. Yeah, way back in, uh, what was that? Was that was March? It early, yeah, it was early, early on, yeah. I think it was March 10th, I think it yeah. was. Two great goals as well on the night. It was, was it uh, Ethan? And, Ethan Finley. And that was the, the night that Cal, one of Cal's famous uh, rate Cal's call. That, I think that was the leader. You actually, you foreshadowed a couple of goals that we may hear later on in the show. Next segment, you may hear something from those two games in which you've just spoke about. I won't, uh-huh. I won't spoil it, but you the have other, to stick in for the final segment. The other thing I think, which one of the disappointments has been, and there's been plenty on the road. Some of our performances have not been good enough, but for me has been the disappointment of losing Molino, Cronin, and Ethan Finley through season-ending injuries. You know, it's, Sam's he's been with his concussions, but for the other two to have the ACLs they've had, you know, and... and you never like seeing it for any players, but these were really important pieces for us, and, and it's affected us during the year. So, you know, hopefully they're 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 on the mend them too. You know, now you can see them out on the grass again, joining in with the rest of the guys a little bit. So uh, that'll be great to get them back as well. Yeah. So what's it been like seeing them integrate back in with the team? Have they been able to do a little bit of passing drills? A little bit. Yeah. Of, what have they been able to do so, so well, far? They can do little bits of passing drills in the beginning, and if we have. Uh, as we call them, bumpers on the end, people who don't join in the session. but Kind of an extra man to extra put man, to yeah. the drill. Okay. They've been starting to join in that one, certainly, Ethan. Now we're at that really delicate stage where they're getting a little bit frustrated because they want to push it on even more. But, you, you know, you have to be careful. You have to let nature take its course. At the end of the day, you know, these, these are really important pieces for us. And, um, we, you know, this season is done for them, so let's get them ready and don't let them push themselves too far but it's they're at that stage now where the pair of them now are really champing at the bit to to push on and move on but you know it's going to be hard for Stacey and her crew to keep them uh, shall we say just let them stick to the plan <laughs> just pulling back the reins a little bit on them mm. and uh that's great to hear uh certainly excited to see what they can bring in 2019 as the team transitions over to Allianz Field uh which will be amazing um, how exciting is that by the way oh. I drove past it today. I got the goose pimples on my arms, you know. It's just incredible the signage right off. Yeah, the now you've got the uh, Allianz up there on the on the wall now, so on the on the side of the building. But I'm I'm getting excited just seeing it, you know, coming everything coming to fruition. And what about uh, the last game of the season, having close already passed over forty five thousand tickets for the Sunday game against the LA Galaxy, last one at TCF Bank Stadium, October twenty first. Yep. 
that's going to be pretty exciting to have over 50,000 well, in the building. Well, hopefully. well it's, it's been a good home for us, hasn't it? Yeah. And they've, they've, they've done terrific for us. And, you know, they've been really good. We've been two good tenants for them. And, but, hey, it's the last one and we're all excited to, you know, I'm sure all our supporters are really excited to see what that, that new arena is going to be like when we, when we take to the field and probably March of next year. Well, and hopefully... Guys like Ethan Finley and Kevin, Kevin Lino will be out Hopefully on the field Simon on that back day. And there we go. Yeah. That, that would be the, the dream scenario. So, well, there's a lot to uncover in the season and certainly wish we had more time to do that. Um, maybe in the off season, you and I, we can just sit and reminisce and, and make a podcast or something for 15 no, years. No, I don't think so. Fine, I didn't want to do that with you anyways. <laughs> Maybe I'll just do it by myself and yeah. we'll do it uh we'll do it with without. It'll be the, the not Adrian Heath show. Yeah, there you go. And <laughs> I'm sure that'll get a ton of listens without you mm. on it. <laughs> just me. Well we do need to recap something else too. Go on then. As we're in the final show of the year for Adrian Heath. The Adrian Heath show presented by Heineken tonight at O'Donovan's seven hundred First Avenue North, recapping the season. Now we need to recap our predictums. Yeah. We had another... I could tell by the smile on your face that you've won again, <laughs> have you? We had another week where we predicted five games last week. Do you want to guess at how you did and how I did? I could tell by your face that you won, so I don't want to know. One of us had three correct predictions. One of us had two pr- correct predictions. Okay. Do you want to predict who was the better predictor? No, I think we know that by this, the way you smile on your Go face. Go on. There yeah. it is for the complete sweep. So give me, what did, you, what did I get wrong then? You, uh, so to, to pull the, the results out from last week, Crystal Palace and Newcastle, you picked Crystal Palace to win for your boy Ben Grossman, my boy as well. I hope we're still boys because I predicted a tie and I was correct. Uh, 2-0, Arsenal beat Everton. We both had Arsenal on that day, so that was the one you got right. That was the second one for me. Fulham versus Watford. You picked Fulham at home. It was a draw, yeah. It was a draw. I picked that one right. There was yeah. three. And then we both picked Chelsea to beat West Ham. 0-0 tie. We both missed that one. Uh, you correctly picked it, Picked Burnley to beat Bournemouth, which they did 4-0. I had it as a draw. It was way off. Uh, that was your second one, correct? So 2-3 two and three for you, 3-2 and two on, the se- on the week. And on the season, that puts you at 10 Correct predictions. And you're how many? Just slightly above it, 17. Oh, 17. 17. Can you believe that? How many of these games have you actually watched? Uh, see, the thing about it is, it's the way my cable's set up. I wasn't able to catch so a lot of them. you haven't watched any of them, have you? <laughs> if, if I would have bet Wild money... Guess you. If I would have been betting money on these predictions, I would have had enough money to be able to watch the rest of them. Yeah. Now, I don't know what right, we're going to do this week. Let's go. Well, this is the last one, so are you wanting to make predictions and then have me hold on to the predictions until the start of next season, or do we want to just lick your wounds, get to the final segment where we can rate our friend Cal Williams' calls? Would okay. you rather just do that? Okay, let's do that. Let's, let's just get like 17 to 10. It was fine. I don't want okay. to get to 20. Yeah, I don't okay. want to double you up here, so let's just leave it 17 wins for me, 10 on the, on the season for you. Yeah. It was still early in the year. I think I got So a, that's 1-1 then, because I won lucky. last year, didn't I? You did win last year. So it's, all, all, so it's a tie then. So I won this year. Yeah, it's a tie. Yeah. I love the spin zone you just put on there that you go from losing <laughs> to now you're tied. Well, it's a brilliant play. I'm not yeah, even there, upset there at you it. Go. Yeah. All right, Adrian. We got one final segment left here from O'Donovan's. You ready to do it? Yep, I'm ready. One last one. Let's save the best for last. When we come back, we are going to do a recap of Ray Cal's call, and we are going to get one definitive final answer. What was the best call all season? We're going to have to stick around to find out right here on the Adrian Heath Show, presented by Heineken on 1500 ESPN. 
We now continue with more of the Adrian Heath Show on 1500 ESPN. Presented by Heineken. Final segment of 2018 of the Adrian Heath Show. Presented by Heineken. Coming to you live tonight from O'Donovan's Irish Pub in downtown Minneapolis, 700 First Avenue North. I want to give a big thank you to O'Donovan's for their hospitality. As always, we love coming down here. Adrian, your last one of the year. You keep talking over it. I was supposed to listen to it. It's you John keep, Legend. It's John Legend. This and one it, has a personal connection. And it's... Uh, my, my, my little boy, Cade. His mm-hmm. middle name is Cade Legend because yeah. our first dance at our wedding, me and my wife, Let's was to lifting. John Legend. You've done it. You've absolutely done it. Congratulations. I didn't think you were going to get that one. There you go. Two and a half right. I'll give you half credit on the ZZ Top one, but you've done it. Manny Hill, great work all year, picking songs for us. I can't believe he got that last one right. That's crazy. I I knew you were getting John Legend. He's got this iconic voice, but I didn't think you were going to get the actual song. He's probably the only one I do know of this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here we go, Adrian. We are down to the final segment. And this one, normally this is kind of when we preview the game going forward. And and I'd like to get to your thoughts on on NYCFC. But I think for us, this has always kind of been the, the last segment when we've talked about our good friend Callum Williams, play-by-play commentator from Minnesota United, and we always rate a call of his. And since the last episode of the season, we have a top three right now. Okay. And I want to give you a chance to listen to those goal calls again and see if you still think these calls still hold up as the respective first, second, and third best on the season. So we'll start in reverse order. This third goal was Romario Abara against the LA Galaxy, his first goal for Minnesota United. You gave it an eight at the time. Okay. We're going to play the call now, and I want you to see if you would change the score now. Okay. So, Adrian, it is time for you to once again rate Cal's call. Don't away from the Jets. Lovely weighted pass. It's Abu Dunladi. Ibarra! Equalising goal for Minnesota United. The stars align in Hollywood. And the latest one shining brighter than ever is Romario Ibarra with his first goal for the Loons. 2-2. How big is this? Oh, the stars align. Yeah. What do you think? You gave it an 8 on the day. Is it still an 8 for you? Well, let's, let's do the others first, and I'm going to go back after. Okay, you'd like to do that? All right, yeah. perfect. So here's the second place on the season. It is Darwin Quintero's third goal. You mentioned this last segment as one of your favorite performances you've ever seen, maybe the best hat trick you've ever seen. Back on July 4th, his third goal against uh, Toronto FC at home. Adrian, it's time for you to rate Cal's call. Quintero doing ever so well, and when I get back to Minnesota... Can there be another opening here for the Loons? Quintero! My words! Patrick! Hysteria! It's his day! It's his moment! His Patrick! On his stomping ground! Oh, it's a good one. Yeah. It's a good one. That was an eight and a half at the time. Now, here is the leader in the clubhouse to date, 
Ethan Finley, way back when you talked about it, one of the best road performances, the big win on the road at Orlando back on March 10th. Ethan Finley's goal. Adrian, for the final time, you get to hear this call, and it's time for you to rate Cal's call. Look forward here for Molino, and in towards Ethan Finley! Who scores? The Prince of Minnesota amongst the Purple Rain. Minnesota United score. It's Inchy's patch again. Yeah, it's still the best. Is it still the best? It's I an think 8.7 so. on the season. When you yeah. look at it again, where would you give Romario's now? Yeah, I'd keep it at 8. But keep I thought, it at 8? You know, the... Uh, the Darwin Quintero. Yeah. And it, it, it was an eight and, a, eight and a half at the time. But it had a, it had a touch of the Martin Tyler's Aguero when Manchester, yeah. when, when Manchester City won the title, when he, when he screams Aguero at yeah. the end. He had a little bit of that in there, yeah. But I still think with him getting the Prince and the Purple Rain and everything, I still think it was the best commentary of so the season. So first, second, third? I'd give that a nine now. You'd give that a nine, Quintero. Yeah. So what do you give Ethan Finley, the, the Prince of Minnesota amongst the Purple Rain? No, I'm giving that a nine. That a nine. So yes. it's gone up. Yeah, it's gone up. Eight, eight and a half and a nine, Ethan Finley. He must have uh, he must have been thinking long and hard about that, Cal. That was a pretty good one. And it was only raining for about 30 seconds on the yeah, night. Yeah, exactly. Within that moment. That was, uh, so that, that's the winner. It was the, it was the first one we did all season, and it held on through and through. Cal Williams, you give some great goal calls. We are so fortunate to have you as the commentator to be able to listen to those each and every week. And, uh, Adrian, that was, uh, that was the first one. And we did. We had the best one right out the gate. No one could top that from day one, could they? No, it was terrific. He's a, he's a top commentator. And speaking of terrific, you've been terrific. I've thoroughly enjoyed this. Thank you so, so much each and every Tuesday night for being here. We really, really appreciate it. It's been great fun, Adrian. It's a pleasure as always, Jamie, anytime. Well, and we'll look forward to hopefully doing it again next year. But I want to say thank you so much to the 1500, promo 1500 ESPN promotions crew. They've been great all season. Elizabeth's been great. Jake, you've been great. Paul's been on site with us as well. Manny Hill, you are a fantastic producer of this show. This, this ship would sink without you. We are so grateful. Uh, Brad Lane, Phil Mackey, you guys have believed in us, given us a chance, and we are so grateful. Adrian, this has been a blast. One last time, I am your host, Jamie Watson. Thank you so much for listening to the Adrian Heath Show, presented by Heineken, right here on 1500 ESPN. Show, hosted by Jamie Watson, presented by Heineken. For Minnesota United game and broadcast information, be sure to visit 1500ESPN.com and click on the United tab in the sports world. Hi, this is Daniel Rue of the Real GM Radio Podcast. And while the NBA season is still pretty new, there are some interesting storylines going on. And for me, one of them is, let's call it a shift in expectations, because there are a couple teams that we expected to be not necessarily pushing the accelerator in the early going in the season, maybe seeing Victor Wembanyama and Scoot Henderson, this purportedly strong 2023 draft class, and going, hey, we could be a part of that. And that would be the Utah Jazz and the San Antonio Spurs. Both teams are over 500 with some nice wins. And this isn't fluke. They're playing well so far, and so we will see how they build on this, how they react to it. Do they keep pushing, see if see how it can keep going, or do they change directions through trades and everything else? So that'll be something to watch in this year where the draft class is, is strong and these teams have incentives going in both directions.
Hi, this is Daniel LaRue from the Real GM Radio Podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, matchups, news, in-depth analysis, and live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. Can check in on your favorite games and events, including the baseball playoffs, start of the hockey season, MMA, boxing, and golf, plus sports podcasts. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more at BetOnline, where the game starts.